Hello there, you're about to experience the WhatsApp Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What is up, church? It is me again. Um, coming at you. <clears throat> it's a little coffee and Jesus. <laughs> ah, it's how I like starting my mornings. I like, well, let me phrase that. If I'm being good, like if I'm being really like focused, my days start at 4 a.m. when my alarm goes off. And then it starts at 4.09 after the first snooze. <laughs> I snooze at once, then I get up at 4.09. I step over my dog, who's laying conveniently in the way between me and where I need to be every morning. Um, and I, I go to the gym. Like, my routine that I try to do, and <laughs> if Steve's listening, he will tell you otherwise. <laughs> Because recently it has not been consistent for reasons that we all know if you've listened to the last episode uh, or two, whatever it was, <clears throat> the struggle. Like, I like to go to the gym Monday, Tuesday. I take Wednesday off and then Thursday, Friday. I like a four-day gym routine. I do the same routine on Monday as I do on Thursday, the same routine on Tuesday as I do on Friday. Anyway, that's the goal. In a perfect world, that's the goal. But then that lets me, so I get to the gym, I leave the house by five. By 4.30, I'm at the gym by 5. Uh, I'm there for an hour, hour and a half, depending on the cardio session. Um, I've had a slight ankle injury, so cardio has been difficult. However, the effort and desire is there. <laughs> then I leave the gym by 6.30. I'm back home by 7, which means I'm normally, by the time I, like, I feed the dog, take him out so he can go to the restroom, you know, start a pot of coffee because I've fallen in love with uh, a fresh pot of coffee in the Bible in the morning. I don't know. It's become, I was never a coffee dude. Like never. I worked at Starbucks, but I hated hot coffee. I didn't understand it. I just, I'm like, ew, hot beverages in general. I've almost never liked like ever hot chocolate being the rare exception. Um, but even then it's like, like if it's not a seasonal thing, like a delicacy once in a blue moon, but I fall in love with starting the, the mornings, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm from the gym, I'm alert, I'm awake. I've been listening to, to like worship music. So like my spirit was like getting all, woo, getting jazzed, you know, like working out my mind spiritually while I'm listening to this like word. And then I'm working at my body, which I really enjoy. Like I, like I said, like I feel a deep connection to the Lord when I'm exercising. <clears throat> I don't know if I've ever said that, but I do. Like, I, like when I get in the cardio, I really enjoy cardio. Not because I like cardio, because I'll be honest, I don't at all. However, like I can just put worship music on and be in cardio and kind of have just amazing moments where I'm just truly listening to the words of worship. So often I do, and I can't speak for others, but like we sing these worship songs, but we don't really give words the credit. Does that mean, you know what I mean? Like it's a cool song and all. And I think it's such a secular thing to like sing songs, but not really focus on what they're saying. And I think that kind of spills over for me personally. Like, like I used to just listen to songs like, oh, I like that song because of the beat or I like that song because of whatever, or it's got a great drop or I'm a DJ head. So I'm like, oh, I love that bass, you know? 
However, worship songs, like, you know what I mean? Like, like when you really, really, really are focusing on worship songs, like, oh man, like the words are powerful, so powerful. So what I'm in, for some reason when I'm doing cardio, I, I'm able to really focus. I don't want to think about doing the cardio. I think this is what it boils into. I don't want to think about the, the exercise I'm doing. So I really think about the words I'm listening to as I'm listening to worship. And then like I get inspiration, I get ideas, the Lord is very good in those those times. So I really enjoy that. So then coming straight from that and working out and then getting home and then getting a fresh pot of coffee and sitting down and start reading the word, like it really helps me engage the word. Really, really, really. And But then I've also made it to where like, you know, I used to like read the Bible Monday through Friday, like it was my job, like clock in, <laughs> clock in, start getting in the word. But I, I've made a real point that I, I want to get into the word every day. So that means changing my habits and routines, like not sleeping in. And for me, sleeping in is like anything past seven. I'm like, what is going on? Like, oh my gosh, like way to take advantage of the day. You know, like I just get up early. I'm an early riser. It's my default setting. I know I say the term default setting way too much, but saying that is a default setting. <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, so... That's like my routine has been doing that. And then on Saturdays, like getting up and like getting into the word, um, starting with a, a, a pot of coffee. And the fun part, I don't know why I like exploring different coffees. So I've really like opened up the the experience of like trying to find the perfect cup of coffee to have with the Bible. You know, not that it's the most important part, but it's a lovely addition. So I say all that because it's a Saturday morning and I was just reading the Bible. And going through Gospels again, that's kind of been my thing. Psalms and Gospels, Psalms and Gospels, Psalms and Gospels um, has been my, my, the lane that I've, I've kind of settled into. And it's crazy when you read something. I, I, for me, my mind always gets lost on details in the Bible. Like I'll read something and I'll be like, why did they say that? You know, and, and, because the Bible is so, like, it's so crazy because it is Holy Spirit breathed. You know what I mean? Like, every letter is there for a reason. And sometimes, like, the concordance, like, you need to go back and kind of see the original lettering, um, the original wording. I, I love it when, like, all of a sudden you're like, well, is that, like, you know, sometimes we have a misrepresentation. But I still think the Holy Spirit is guiding through all that. Like, I really do believe that even though sometimes the, it could be a little bit off and culturally we might interpret a word differently than how the author intended it. I think, however, I think the Holy Spirit guards our hearts through that stuff. If we're reading the, the Bible pure, if we're reading it to encounter him, if we're reading it to those things, if we're reading it to, be, to, to build an argument, I don't think that is blessed very often. It could be, I don't know, but for me personally, it's not. So, but I love like the blue letter Bible app. I can open up any scripture at any time and kind of look at all the other translations. I can look at the concordance. I can look at those things. And that's I'm, as a nerd, learning alert, a learning nerd like me. I love that feature. Um, my brother-in-law, Josiah, he's one that like, turned me on to that. So like, yeah, you can kind of like do a deep dive at your will on your phone. Like what amazing time to be alive that I can go and find the Greek and the, uh, the, the whatever, uh, early translations, Hebrew words, the Hebrew Bible, I can find all that information. So if I so choose and I have a question, like the only person that's not going to, the only reason that I don't have an answer is myself. Like, so I kind of love that accountability of like, what does that mean? Let's go find out. 
And then like, you can like, with this Blue Letter Bible app, you can go to like studies and people who have gone before you. Cause you know, let's be honest. Like I'm not asking the question that no one's ever asked before, probably, most likely. I'm not seeing this from a perspective that no one's ever seen it before, probably. You know what I mean? It's just has someone communicated about it before. Um, and hopefully I can try and find, and I'm a pretty good, you know, digital sleuth, so to speak. So I'm used to finding out things, researching things, because I do that a lot for my real world. And I, I, I like finding things. And so because of that, my mind, long story, intro into like, I'll read a scripture, I'll read a verse, I'll read a passage. And sometimes they're like, you know, like when there's like just throwaway lines, like you'll read something and there's just a random sentence that you're like, okay. And you know what I mean? And you could either not give it much attention, but when it comes to the Bible, like those are the ones that always spark me. Like, why did they say that? Like, why did they include that? You know, like it, it just baffles me sometimes that like when they say things like, why, why was that mentioned? And so I give you like today, like the one that I, I get, like, remember the one it was in with the Ananias and Sapphira in Acts. They talk about in Acts 5, how they sold a piece of land, they sold a piece of property, and then they came to Peter and everyone like, oh, here's the money. But like the, you know, like, like why did that cause their death? You know what I mean? And it, it's just it always like, why? Like, you know, that's like, such a crazy thing, but it goes back to like the heart of it. Like they are trying to be so bold and proud and say, hey, look, we've sold this land and we're giving it all to you, making a spectacle. But the crazy part about that is in, in, in Acts 5.4, it says, as long as, this is Peter talking to them, it says, as long as that property remained unsold, that it not remain your own to do with as you pleased. And after it was sold, was that money not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this act of hypocrisy and deceit in your heart? Having you have not simply lied to people, but to God. And like it was the it wasn't the fact that you sold the land. It wasn't the fact that you were trying to bless that land. It was the fact that you're trying to bless it for popularity, notoriety, like esteem. Like, you know, because at the time, Acts, everyone was giving everything. You know what I mean? That was the whole idea. And, but they were greedy and they wanted to keep some, but they wanted to feign, oh, look how awesome we are. We just sold this land again. So it was the spirit of that that was being punished that they lied about. So it's kind of crazy, but like, like that land was yours. There was, had you not sold that land in an essence of fire, you were fine. Had you not done anything with that? Or had you said, hey, we sold it and here's like 50%, like you were good. It was the other part that was bad. So that's always just makes me think about those things. And so then this morning I'm reading in Luke, um, in Luke 23, 12. This is just after Jesus had been sent to Pilate. Pilate sends him to Herod and Herod sends him back to Pilate, right? Um, that little scene. And it's uh, Luke 23, 12. And it says, now that very day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. And that's it. And I read that line. I'm like, what an oddly specific thing to say. And then I'm like, I don't remember that line anywhere else. I've never really paid attention to that, that statement before. So where would it be? And I immediately started looking through, you know, all the gospels. Obviously it's not in Matthew. And then I'm like, okay, it's not in Mark. You know, the pilot scenes in Mark, there's a lot of this, a lot of the stuff with pilot is throughout all the gospels, but not Herod. Hair is only really talked about in Luke. 
And it's like, well, why is that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, like, but there's a lot we learn about Herod and Luke. We only learn about Herod and Luke, about how he kind of wanted to kill Jesus a couple of years earlier. Like, hey, the Pharisees are like, hey, dude, Jesus, uh, Herod's trying to kill you. And Jesus believed them. You know what I mean? And again, Herod, this is the Herod that killed John the Baptist. This is the Herod who is son of the Herod that killed all the babies. <laughs> the two years under trying to kill Jesus on the first go. You know what I mean? Um, and this is that, like, so we we know that Herod is an awful dude, right? Awful dude. All the Herods were pretty yeah, scumbaggery. But we know that Herod is a Jew, like Jewish, right? And we definitely know that the Jews despise the Romans. Like they despise the Romans. Like we know that. They were like, the reason why they love Jesus, a lot of people love Jesus because they thought he was going to be taking over. So there was this amazing statement to say, I mean, you can only imagine like Herod and, and, and uh, Pilate's relationship was contentious at best, so to speak. I mean, in that day, I mean, these were both like, you know, Pilate was the leader, but so Herod thought he was the, you know what I mean? Like there was this back and forth, but he was absurd. It was just crazy. Um, hold on. I forget to drink. Dude, is it weird that coffee, nothing gets colder faster than coffee. Like coffee, hot coffee has a delicious temperature. The second it's one degree below that, it's lukewarm coffee. <laughs> like there is no in between. I like iced coffee are piping hot. Anyway, so you have this clear, If, if I, I love reading the, the Bible and I try to put it in the context of its intent of like the time, the season, reading it through the lens of then versus now. Um, I like doing back and forth, like how does it apply to today, but also how was it then, like the significance of that statement then? So when Luke says, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other, like it, it immediately is like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, that phrase, you know, like, cause why did they become friends over the death of Jesus? Why did, why, why was there this sudden camaraderie? Well, the death of Jesus. Like, how often do people come together to attack Jesus? Like strange bedfellows, you know? How often do people who would probably not be, you know, friends or agree with each other on any level, but they will come together to attack the word, to attack the Lord? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Like, I hate to be political, but like, feminists will team up with, you know, trans community that, that, that doesn't believe in women <laughs> to attack Christians for being conservative, you know, like, like, and that's not, I don't, don't be political, but isn't that a crazy idea that, that women feminists who are pro-women will partner up with men who believe they're women, but clearly are not that say that they're women, like denying the, the, the validity of a woman to attack people who don't believe in, you know what I mean? Like trans, like, like you know, like, like you shouldn't convert kids in any of that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's, a, that's a strange bedfellow. Those are competing interests, yet their interest of, of hatred or, or persecution of truth is, is more important. Like, like, Hey, my lie or, you know, and I'm not saying feminists or whatever, that's not an attack on any which side. What I'm saying is, though, is that, 
Those two interests are not aligned. However, they will align to attack us, Christianity, faith, truth. And you see that here. Like, do you know what Herod had to bury in terms of resentment and anger and frustration and just historical grievances against Pilate, who represented Rome? Like, he had to bury all that and become friends. Hey, bro, like, like you know, like, buddy up. Like, hey, you know what? We found a common ground. Putting to death this guy. This guy we're going to put to death. And it's kind of funny. They talk about how Herod, like, like what's funny is that because Luke says it so, it's just a weird, like, from Luke 23, 8. Like, when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly pleased. He'd wanted to see him for a long time because of what he had heard about him and was hoping to see some miraculous sign, even something spectacular done by him. So clearly, Herod has the wrong desire to see Jesus. He's waiting to see a spectacle. He's trying to see a circus act. You know, he's heard all the miracles and everything else. But this is the same Herod that used to go listen to John the Baptist before he killed him. This is the same Herod that was fearful of killing John the Baptist, John the Baptist because he knew he was a holy man of God. Like we know that according to his own words or kind of ish, you know. Um, but you have that, that crazy, you know, but when Jesus comes, like, you know, this is, this is all right. And like one of Herod's court, like one of like the, the, one of Herod's main guys, his wife was like the major sponsor of Jesus' ministry. I forget which one it is. I think it's like, uh, hold on. I had it in my, Herod's butler was a, was a man named Chusa, uh, the employee who managed his household, um, Chusa had a wife named Joanna, and she was a follower of Christ, and she was one of the three top women disciples who supported Jesus in his ministry. So Herod's like one of his direct main dudes is the husband of Jesus's main, you know, partner, benefactor, however you want to call that. So for sure, Herod's getting some some revelation about who Jesus is, or like this, you know what I mean? Like that kind of, you know, being influenced slightly. And so we know that, you know, like he's getting some of it. However, when Jesus approaches him, and I talked about this the other day about the every time Jesus was like stern with someone or gave like one of those like mic drop moments, every time I go through it, I can only see those through the lens of I, I just like he's talking to people that have a, a double-minded heart. Or they're coming to him for the wrong reasons. They're coming, they're not coming to him with sincerity and passion. Because every time Jesus, someone comes to Jesus for were sincere reasons or a true heart or a passionate heart, he they are given kindness, healing, grace, forgiveness. Like the the true repentant heart, every time Jesus encounters it in the Bible, they're met with such loving, tender kindness. Like, you know, the woman who who touches the tassels, he calls her daughter. Like like every time like your faith has healed you, like all these things. But every time he's approached by like people that are just wanting to see a show or people that just want to challenge him or people that kind of want to boast in public, like the rich ruler, like he meets them with a mic drop, you know? So you have this boldness of Jesus to tell it to people who need to hear it. Like you need a hard truth, here it comes. And then to people who need kindness, like he, he meets them there. And so in this moment, though, we know Herod was trying to come with simple, I want to show me this power, show me this, woo, wow, wow me with some miracles. 
You know what I mean? Like, like I'm wanting to see, oh, Jesus is here. Woo, you know, like get the popcorn versus, hey, like I used to listen to John. I, I, the guy I killed because my daughter danced all crazy, which is still yeesh. Like, I want to, you know what I mean? Like, I want to know the person that John was leading the way for. Cause he had to have known that like, this is the Messiah. Like he had to know the rumors and all the things and all the, all the stuff. So there was a moment for him to enter into that meeting with a, with a repentant heart, with a, with a genuine heart of curiosity for who Jesus is, not what Jesus can do. And, and because he went there with a the wrong heart, his heart was not, you know what I mean? Like, like Jesus didn't say a word, not a peep, not a sound. Jesus has left it all out there. Like, nope, not gonna, you can ask me all you want, dude. And this is why the Pharisees and everyone's kind of like, this guy did this and this and this and throwing bombs at each other. He didn't say a word because the heart of it was wrong. And that led to the verse 12. Uh, now that very day, Herod and Pilate became friends because he just sent him back. Like Herod mocked him, mocking and ridiculing him, dressed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. Like, like gift wrapped him with a ridicule and sent him back. And like, you kill him, dude. Like, finally get to kill this guy. And that agreement over mocking the Lord solidified their friendship. And that's just crazy to think about that. But it doesn't say it anywhere else in the Bible. Luke lands that plane heavy on that verse. Because then it goes from there, like, Pilate summoned the chief priests and rulers and people. And like, you know, this is the whole like, hey, um, trying to get out of it, but washes his hands type situation. But prior to that, like that, like that, like, that's a weird statement. And so then I think about, immediately I start thinking about the church today. Like, how groups, like, you know, like, how the Pharisees and the Sadducees despised each other, yet came together over Jesus. Came together over per persecuting Christians. The followers of Christ, the way. The church of Acts. Like, the Pharisees and the Sadducees despised each other, completely did not agree at all, but they did agree on, on attacking truth, attacking the Christ, attacking those that, that follow Christ. Even now, to, you see it today. You see it today. Like church denominations just pointing their arrows and their weapons at other denominations because they disagree. And don't get me wrong, I think there's plenty of space and plenty of, of, of doctrine that says to, to go and, you know, hey, like, like the church, the body of Christ should approach each other with love and, and, and a desire for repentance and a desire to be in right shame with the Lord. And we don't have to agree on, on, on the, on the little rocks, but the big rocks, you know, I mean, the gospel, the resurrection, like, what is that? Those, those things. But then when some people like, hey, you, you, you can't go to heaven if you're not baptized or I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to point out any one thing, but like people that get really mad at the charismatics, you know, like I'm a, a word believing, spirit filled believer in Christ. Like I believe in the miracles. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe what he can do. I've, I've, I've experienced it. I've been healed physically. I've been, miracles have touched my body. So I, I can't sit there and act like, well, the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. Like I'm living proof of it. I have the, I have the medical records to show it. So what do you say to me when you don't believe in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of healing? Well, I, I can't believe you because I can't deny my own flesh. I can't deny my own experience. I can't deny my own reality of walking without pain. So then I can't 
agree with you when you say oh, the healings aren't for today. Well, that's just simply not true. Miracles aren't for today. That's simply not true. I've seen them. You know, the Holy Spirit is not, you know, isn't, isn't as important as we believe it is. That's simply not true in my world. Now, that doesn't mean that I, I, I think you're going to hell. It doesn't mean that I, I just think you're living in lack. I think you're living in a, in a place that there's more. Like for me personally, I know there's more in my relationship with the Holy Spirit because there was, the Holy Spirit just reveals to me the Father and, and Jesus reveals to me the Father. Like, like all of this is in relationship to, to, to be in community and obedience and in, in connection with, with the Father. And the Holy Spirit is that amazing kind of like Jesus gave it to us. Like, how do you believe in Jesus and then not believe Jesus when he said, I'm giving you something greater than me? The Holy Spirit, I'm giving you something to be like, how do you not, how do you, how do you like, you know, throw out the baby and keep the bathwater? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your, your, your priorities are the wrong, in my personal opinion. And I, I do believe that there's people that, that there is a balance to the word. There's truth and there's, and there's, and there's faith and you know, we can be, people can be a little bit different. And, you know, there's a lot of room under the umbrella of Christ, as long as your heart is pure going for Christ. And so, but it's crazy when the church attacks each other. It's crazy when you see these, like, you know, like I've said it before, like I, I have a critical spirit, like, like I've had to deal with my critical spirit and I, and I continue to lay that at the altar daily. Like, Lord, I don't want to be critical. Like if I see something and I, and my first thought is to be critical, I, I'm training myself. That means I need to pray about that immediately. Like, Pray for that. Pray into that. Acknowledge my disagreement. Acknowledge my like that that spirit of judging and ask for repentance, but also pray for wisdom in that situation. Like pray for whatever it is that 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 spirit is coming against. I need to pray into that. Like that's that should be my reaction to something I disagree with. It's praying for it, sincerely praying for it. Not the oh bless their hearts, like you know, like that's not a, you know what I mean. But like truly, think Lord, like either open my eyes. Or give them wisdom. Give me wisdom or them wisdom. Actually, give us both wisdom. Give us all wisdom. Because we need, we need wisdom. We need understanding. We need compassion. We need love. And that's so, especially when we disagree. When we disagree, can we disagree in love? Can we disagree with like, you know what? I don't see it the way you see it, but man, I love you. Man, I love that you're chasing after the Lord and you're doing it to the best of your ability. And I hope I am too. You know, and I hope that we have a common ground of, of Jesus as Lord and Messiah and the Savior. But we might disagree on some stuff, and that's okay. Like that's okay. However, are we aiming? Are, are we getting in a circular firing ring? You know what I mean? A circular firing squad, whatever that analogy is. You know, we're all aiming at each other, trying to like ah, da da da. Instead of lifting each other up, we're trying to take each other down. You know, and there's ministries that do that. Their whole entire existence is to shoot at the brethren and, and be an accuser of the brethren. And I don't know where we've lost this idea that that's like this idea that that's okay. Like, Hey, you can just get publicly on a YouTube channel on a whatever and just blast, blast away people. It's like, man, you don't know that ministry. You don't know the leader of that, that ministry. You might disagree with them on a lot of different things and pray for them, pray for their ministry. Don't become Herod and Pilate, don't join with the world with your attack on truth and faith. Whether you not see, like, you know, I mean? like that's me personally. Like I've had to really respond to that. Like you know, like hey, I don't might not agree with someone or ministry, but like 
I guess that's why when I read this, that very day, Herod and Pot became friends. It's like, man, what did they become friends over? The death of Jesus. What united them? Enemies. Enemies since enemies since enemies. Like, you know what I mean? Generational enemies. What united them? Wanting to go after Jesus, like killing Jesus. Going after, like, it's, it's nuts. And then that, in the Acts, the persecution of the, of, of the church, the ecclesia, the body of believers. Like that, that, that idea unites so many people that should not be united. But we, we see it. We, we experience it all the time. You know, politics unite people against their own faith. You know, like whether you're on any side of the spectrum politically, like the murder of babies is a bad thing. The murder of the unborn is Baal worship. So, you know, like we, like we let political parties interrupt the Bible, like vote the Bible, believe the Bible. Otherwise, you're going to be a Pilate and a Herod, a friendship based on the persecution of Christ. You know what I mean? Like that's such a, such a crazy thing. Why are you friends with that person? Oh, because we both hate Jesus. <laughs> that's so nuts. To say, but that's like the reality. Like, why do you want to be like, and that's why I think about my friend. Like, like, who are the people that I'm linking up with? Are they also for the church? Are they against it? Are they going to have a critical spirit and about the things that I'm like, whoa, that's, that's, you know, again, we can disagree on something, but is the heart towards God? Is the heart towards growing? Is the heart towards living on the altar? Is the heart, is the heart right? You know? And I, 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 I'm so blessed, so blessed. And I said all the time, I'm so blessed to be surrounded by people who are getting it right. Surrounded by people that are not perfect, myself, clearly on the top of that list, but that are going after the Lord the best way they know how. And, and the Lord's going to reward that. The Lord is rewarding that. The Lord will always honor the pure heart. You know, like, Lord, I don't know if I'm getting it right, man, but I, I, I want to be after you so aggressively, so genuinely, so sincerely that my life is an example, you know, that you will be like, I'll be so humbled, like to work through me, Lord, like work through me, allow me to be a part of what you want to do on this earth, Lord. And like, that's, I'm surrounded by those type of people, which is just amazing for your faith. Amazing for doing the Lord's work, like, like being about, being about his business, you know, seek ye first the kingdoms. Like, man, when you're around people that are always seeing the kingdom first, it's really easy to like, oh yeah, like your priorities stay focused. Your reality stays focused. Your everything about you stays focused because everyone around you doesn't give you the opportunity to like pour into the negative or pour into the, the worldly or pour into the selfish. You know what I mean? Like it's so great to have just nothing but sounding boards around you that are always like, hey man, like course correct, course correct, but in a good loving way. Not the accusing of the brethren, but the call out your identity, calling you up, not out, you know, um, seeking his face on his hand. And I love that. Um, but I just, it struck me today. I had stopped me in my tracks and I did like a whole deep dive on the whole Herod and Pilate relationship because that, that this was such a unique phrasing. Like they became good friends and never were. Why? Because they became accusers of the brethren. They linked arm in arm to attack truth, to attack the son of God. And we see that today and we see it all over the place. Strange bedfellows <clears throat> that have nothing in common, have no common interest, 
But their interest to attack truth, the faith, Christians, is the strongest motivation they have. Their self-motivation takes a second place to attacking the church. And we just need to be really aware of that and understand that. And I, I think about it and I, I want to I, I wanna be better at it, you know, and that's where my heart's at this morning. And so that's kind of like Saturday. I'm like, oh, man, I need to, you know, really, again, Lord, thank you for, for kind of making that stand out when I'm reading because it's such a cool, it's, it's, it's not cool. It's an important thing to realize and be aware of the spirit that are around when we're dealing, you know, because we're not fighting people, we're fighting spirits. It's not. It's not the person I'm, I'm, I'm disagreeing with. It's the spirit living in them, you know, and having that understanding. So I don't attack the person. I don't want to ever attack a person. I do, however, want to want to want to be aware of when spirits are coming against us. When when ooh ah, don't link with the spirit that has it. You know, I mean, that kind of just be aware of that. And and that's what I've just all morning been thinking about that. So that is this strange bedfellows. <laughs> How we get them? Uh, that's weird. Herod and Pilate, like, wow, coming together over the death of Jesus. What an odd place to find camaraderie. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I had fun, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. You have been listening to a Sub Church podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.